All right, welcome back. Happy New Year, everyone. Thirsty Thursday, number 20. Uh, this is the the first one of the year. Sorry, Thirsty Thursday, number 20, and the first one of 2021. At some point, I'll get this all figured out, the whole intro thing. Uh, not my forte, but whatever. So here we are. Um, obviously, we've got Trevor and Bobby live from the Pickwood Pelican and Flo Rida. So sure. cheers, guys. <laughs> so um tonight we we were we were hoping to have uh, battalion chief kurt isaacson from excambia county and from county fire tactics join us uh he messaged us a couple days ago that uh with some of the conferences that they had coming up and his work schedule he wasn't gonna be able to make it tonight so unfortunately chief we'll we'll miss you and we'll catch up with you uh in the future and get you on here because we're really looking forward to chatting with you. Um, but for tonight, so everybody else is stuck with us and the, the two-person comedy club at the Pickled Pelican. So um, tonight, um, tonight we, we just got kind of a, a random list of topics that we just kind of came up with. So we'll, we'll start rambling through those. But the first one is um, New Year, New You. What, what are you guys working on? Uh, what are your goals for 2021? So we'll kick it down to the Pickled Pelican, and you guys kick us off here. All right. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate that. Um, welcome, everybody. And again, like Ben said, this is our first broadcast in 2021. Uh, at, this morning at Shift Change, when I was talking to my folks, uh, I referred to today as uh, December 38th because it feels like 2020 just hasn't quite finished itself yet with everything still going on. Uh, but nevertheless, we're here, we're healthy, and we're moving forward. So um, tonight we're just going to talk a little bit about localized training. Um, Bobby has come down here, and uh, him and his family are down here in uh, South Florida, and they've graced us with their presence. I'm really glad he decided to come from the West Coast to the East Coast and uh, spend a little time with us. So it's it's kind of nice. And um, actually, we're going to do the missing man formation right here. Ben, <laughs> this this is where you should be right here. But Cheers, guys. Not, it, well, cheers. So... This, this space in between, um, and you know, he's COVID negative, I'm COVID negative, it's all good. We're not socially distanced, but the space in between us is for but you, Ben. two negatives make a... Positive. Look at that. I, I was there that day <laughs> in high school, actually. So, um, but anyway, I uh, wish you are here with us, Ben. Um, we're actually kind of a little bit chilly right now. Was it like low 70s? Somewhere? It's not cold, Ben, at all. Yeah. I'm yeah, gonna, I need, I need, to, cut, I need to cut a He's Floridaized. I am. I, I need to cut a with Bobby because I'm getting cold. But um, anyway, Man, uh, the heat up to to 65 today it was it was so cold here in Maryland. So you guys enjoy it. We're barely staying warm. I don't know how you live like that in those igloos up there, but yeah. Um, but Bobby is good enough. Um, and I, I think it's just really a, a natural reaction when he said he was going to come down to Florida and, and was going to come over and visit. Um. I didn't even have to ask him. He says, Hey, you know, uh, I'll be there you know, for a good part of a week. You want me to come by and do some training with your guys? And I was like, absolutely. Not only because you know, we've trained so much over the years and we taught so much together over the years, all over the country, but also it, it's always nice for your folks to hear from a different voice. Cause after a while, um, no matter how good you are or think you are or anything else, you start sounding like Charlie Brown's teacher. It's like, well, want, want, want. and not just that, but you know, Sometimes it's just as much the uh, messenger as it is the message because I can preach certain things to the department and the guys can buy into it, but you never know if they're doing things because of you or in spite of you. And that's something where you really have to do a little bit of self-assessment um, you know, as an officer in the department. Uh, whether you're a training officer, captain, lieutenant, chief, doesn't matter. Um, you, know, you have to understand that you have influence and that influence can be good and bad. So with that being said, uh, you know, sometimes people will comply to things, not maybe not because they really believe in it or think it's the right thing. It's because, oh, the guy in the white hat says we got to do it and I don't want to get in trouble. So it's really nice to have you know, a brother firefighter that you know, you love, you trust come in and not only you know, reinforce what you said, but also challenge what you said and ask the firefighters and kind of get a perception of where they are in the universe. And also just give them extra tools in the toolbox, because as many similarities as that Bobby and I have, uh, and I said this to the group that we had there, which we had a phenomenal turnout, um, and I'll talk about the department here in just a second. But uh, you know, if, if I see something one way and Ben, you see it another way, and we might be on opposite sides of it, 
Bobby's one of his greatest talents, not his only, but one of his greatest talents is that he can see it from a perspective that neither one of us considered. And we both go, wow, we have that aha moment. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's always really nice. And that, again, that's one of the things uh, I, I certainly respect about Bobby. Uh, you know, one of the many things is with his teaching, because he, he can break these things down and make them very tangible to everybody. And it was, you know, th- this isn't Lieutenant McGee. So that might be his pedigree and, and, and what's on, on his business card. But this was, hey, this is my bro, Bobby, from uh, you back up in the, in the uh, mid-Atlantic, and he's here to share some stuff with you. So we had a really great turnout the other night. Um, we're, we're a small combination department. We only have five career personnel, and the remainder are volunteers who are frontline active volunteers or not reservists in any way, shape, or form. So they are part of the crew. Um, the volunteers come in, and they're required to do a minimum of two 24-hour shifts a month. Um, they can do more, certainly, and we welcome that. But they're they're there in the morning. They're there you know, uh, by usually 6.15, 6.30. They're checking the apparatus. They're going through the day. They're doing the training. They're running the calls. Um, they are an integral part of that crew. They're, they are part of the daily staffing, and we rely on that. So uh, with that, the full-time people have to set the operational tempo. They help to train them and, and set the training objective for the day, get all the details done for the day, the week, the month, whatever the case might be. And then, of course, run the calls for service. So, um, you know, with that, a lot of these people are, are preparing for a career in the fire service. They're giving us their time. And in return, we're trying to give them a little bit of professional development and, um, and some experience. And then usually, much to my chagrin, I, I love losing people to success. I hate to lose these good people. But um, by the time we get them trained up, they're comfortable, they're confident. They're, you know, as my, my buddy says, uh, you know, cash and checks and snapping necks they're getting hired somewhere. Um, so it's like, wow, you know, this is fantastic. You got hired. It's like, darn, now, you know, I'm starting all over again. But um, with that being said, I just want to thank Bobby, not only for, uh, you know, being able to hang out and, you know, seeing one of my brothers that, you know, I know and love, but actually coming in and, you know, our families are spending some time together right now. And uh, not only that, but you know, even on vacation, the guy's spending time, um, you know, training my department you know made that offer i didn't have to guilt him into it or con him into it you know, he offered it up and of course i you know i, I took it i wasn't going to let uh, you turn that down and then you know even even at that um you know our fire service families we certainly appreciate them and how much understanding they have of us because while um, a little while ago while you know, we were preparing dinner bobby's getting calls from folks back home and you know it's just you're, you're never away from it it's you know so um, you know, even though he might be 1,100 miles away from his department, he's still taking care of his folks. So uh, with that, I'm going to move on and turn it over to Bobby McGee. <laughs> well, thanks, Trevor. Um, you know, it was, it, was, um, it was fun. We had a couple weeks down here. Um, we're kind of actually self-quarantining in a way with very few people. And uh, I brought an extra person that's more than six feet away from me. Anyways. Um, but the truth is, uh, the reason they listen to you in training is when you get a little old and gray like this, they're not quite sure how long you can teach in full, complete sentences. So, um, you know, I appreciate listening. Uh, they were they were awesome. They they were they were into it. Um, when I got to the fire station, uh, I was afraid we wouldn't have anybody left after the brutal basketball game that was occurring. Um, we actually had to stop the basketball game. Uh, thank goodness. Um, but, uh, it was good and it's, it's good for us. You know, I mean, new year's is a time to think about new year's resolutions and, you know, what are we going to do different with our lives? I think all of us maybe do a little bit of it. Um, you know, when you start the new year, what am I going to do to be better and things like that? And, you know, in the fire service training is, is, is where we improve, uh, whether it's a formal training that we take at FDIC or firehouse or wherever, or it's, uh, standard training at your fire department that you take or shift drills um, that you do with each other um, or even just individual training. Um, You know, all of those things uh, give us the ability to do what we need to do um, at three o'clock in the morning. And that's kind of like what we gear a lot of our training for. I think the two things that, that, that uh, chief Steve and I try to do with training. Yes. I have to say chief I'm here. Yeah. Um, but the two things I think we really, 
um, try to try to do with training is 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 make it um, relevant um, and achievable at three o'clock in the morning. And, and I think those are really the two things. And and we I've always I've always warmed up to what I call train the trainer style courses um, because train the trainer style courses truly are how experienced firefighters should be taught. Um, you know, people get beat up when they first start in the fire service and their academies and things like that. And there's things that has to happen then. Uh, but once you're an experienced firefighter, we shouldn't be talking down to you anymore because it's guaranteed that everybody knows something that we don't know. Um, and that's just kind of how it goes. So um, I really enjoy that style of teaching. I really learned it by going to FDIC when FDIC was really kind of more FDIC where it was really about instructors. True. You got, I mean, it used to be really about just instructors would go out there, especially the beginning of the week. And we would talk about how you would go back and teach classes in your individual departments. Um, FDIC is so popular. It's gone beyond that. And it's really anyone can go out there and get really good training now. Um, but that's where we kind of picked up on the, uh, you know, instead of making people crawl around the building because they weren't crawling inside of the building and embarrassing them and doing all those things that we did, we thought, well, maybe if we talk to them more respectfully, we'll get more. And the truth is we get better results there. Uh, more people stay engaged, more people listen uh, and things like that. So, um, you know, my, my New Year's resolution is kind of like I, I got five years left before I can retire. And, you know, my goal in all of this uh, with my physical fitness, with my health, with um, uh, my training and everything else is I really want to be able to do what the frontline guys and girls can do, uh, pull a line, cut a hole in a roof, throw a ladder, um, uh, pump an engine, whatever it may be. I want to be able to do all of that to the day I retire and walk out the door proud. Um, That's a personal goal of mine. And um, when I say that uh, some of my brothers and sisters have gotten, obtained injuries worse than mine and, and have to kind of scale back a little bit. And, uh, that's, you know, that's, we still need awesome pump operators. Um, and, and some people acclimate to be at higher levels like chiefs. Um, and, but we need those, we need everybody. We need everybody in this game. So that's, that's my personal goal. Um, in, in, in this year and each year going forward. Um, and my professional goal is to help as many people as I can get better before I leave. And, uh, that's really kind of my, my professional goal. So, um, uh, Ben, what are you thinking for the new year? What's your, what's on your mind? Uh, I would, uh, um, yeah. Wow. But, uh, like I've said before, you guys always take the good stuff, Bobby, what, what you just said about the physical fitness and taking care of yourself. Um, Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Um, the physical fitness, taking care of yourself. And then as, as an officer, as a Lieutenant captain chief, whatever you are, um, it's, it's your job. Even as a senior member, if you're a senior firefighter, if you're the senior guy in your shift in your firehouse, whatever, it's part of your job to help make sure that the, the younger generation, the new people coming in are, are learning the ways that, that they need to know. I mean, there's, we've, we've talked before at length about, People taking the Fire One program, and and the state training agencies, the the authority having um, agencies like Mifri in Maryland, um, like they get beat up a lot for having a, a program that is so broad. Uh, but like we've talked about, they have to teach a program that's compatible with Frostburg, Maryland, over in the mountains, and Ocean City, Maryland. Um, on the beach, like in the, and there's clearly a lot of differences between those two places, but they have to teach a program that will give you, um, a person that's capable of doing the job. And then it's our job. Once they come into the firehouses, they get their classes. It's our job to make them proficient with how ocean city does it with how Palm beach shores does it with how Salisbury does it. Um, so I, I, I couldn't agree more with taking care of yourself and then taking care of your people. Um, that's something that from the day I started in the fire service and when I figured out that I wanted to be, I wanted to promote and move up and I wanted to do those kind of things that that was something that was instilled in me from the, from the very beginning is that you have to take care of your people. Um, so, so making sure that at 3am they know, Hey, when I say we're going to pull the long line, 
all right, we've pulled the long line. We know how to do it, and we do it proficiently. We do it quickly because, again, that kid at the end of the hallway in this flannel pajamas is counting on us to, to come down and get him. So, Bobby, I, I couldn't agree with you more with that. Um, and then going back to, to what Trevor had said about their training and, and stuff that, they, that, that Bobby and those guys did um, Tuesday night, um, we have, I, you guys sent me some pictures, um, so I'm going to throw these up here. So here's Bobby in front of the Palm Beach Shores folks. Um, first off, did, did you bring um, permits for the gun show? Because you're going to have to put those away. All right? Put them away. But, but seriously, let's, let's talk about we, – we talk about physical fitness. All right? The man that's running the program, like you can tell he works out. Right? You look at the people in the background, and, and they're not 400 pounds – like struggling to get their coat on, struggling to get their air pack on. Like physical fitness is a priority for the people in this picture. Yeah, and Ben, let me let me uh, kind of give you a little bit of the back history too. Is you know obviously in in the world we're in now with COVID, um, at the beginning of the shift before our firefighters even come into the fire station, it I got to tell you between six fifteen and six thirty in the morning, it looks like a parade on Edwards Lane uh, in front of the fire station. Yeah, we do like what a lot of people do. We do our daily COVID screening with the temperatures, but we line up in our cars and we'll literally, you know, pull up and the offgoing shift commander is going through the screening with the checklist and, and the uh, thermometer. So when you see all those folks in the firehouse, you know, we've all been screened, we're doing the right thing and you can only socially distance so much, but we still have to get training done. So we're, we're taking all the precautions that we can and, and still trying to, um, you know, focus on what we need to do. But you know, the, these folks are coming in. One of, one of the things that um, one of the many things that I'm very proud of the men and women of my department about are you know, just the mere fact that they're hungry for training. Um, a lot of these folks are somewhat new to the fire service. Some aren't. But you know, when, when they come in, they have a very good attitude for training. And one of the things that I had told Bobby when he came in and you know, we, we don't, we never know how many people are going to show up on a volunteer basis for drills and which makes it logistically hard to kind of set up the drill, how many stations we're going to run this Saturday. But we, we, we roll with it. That's just how what we're used to. Um, but with that being said, my volunteers, again, are usually seeking jobs in the fire service and we have somewhat limited job opportunities where I am. So you know, if, if I could hire every one of them, I, I would hire them tomorrow, but it's just, that's not reality. So with that being said, the best thing we can do is, is train them up to the best of our ability, give them some professional development. And you know what, as long as they're serving in, in my department, we'll, we'll get everything we can out of them, but we need to give them everything we can also. And it's preparing them for the fire service, not the Palm Beach Shores Fire Service or the Palm Beach County Fire Service or the Green Acres Fire Service or North Palm. It's we want them to take these things. And that's uh, another reason, you know, Bobby was such a great asset the other night. But we had and this happens on a regular basis. We have some of our former volunteers and former career people from Palm Beach Shores who have gone on to other departments that will actually come back. And we had two of them the other night. Um, I won't mention the counties just in case there's anything with their CBA that would be a little squirrely on that. But um, they came back to attend our drill and also pass along some information, say, hey, you know, we're alumni from here and here's where I am now. And you know, take this to heat. And they were showing us what they've learned in their academy. So it was just it's wonderful to have that kind of environment that when the people leave, they're not going, oh, Thank God I'm out of that joint. Feel that way? You never know. But when when you have people that have probably a lot of other things they could be doing, but they're traveling all the way to the furthest east point in the state of Florida, um, back to their original fire department, whether it was career or volunteer, where they got their start to share information and participate in a Tuesday night drill, um, that's huge. I mean, I, I can't tell you how gratifying that is. And that's the culture that those folks have created. I mean, that's the pride they've created in that department. And they, they do it each and every day. So, I mean, just imagine that for a second, that you have people that are coming back, you know, not only to you know, hang out. And say, we, how many new people we have the other night? God, four or five. Yeah, we had four or five brand new people. I mean, they were they still had that new firefighter smell. I'd never seen them before in my life. And they showed up and, you know, 
they had no clue who everybody is. But it, mm-hmm. people are coming back to to share the resources, to share the information, share the knowledge, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to throw another picture up here again. I mean, this- COVID. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. But but this stuff right here, the like you said, you had 30 people, not including you guys, at your training. Like if we had 30 people show up at our training, that like I wouldn't know what to do with it. Like I obviously we would figure it out, right? But like 30, 30 people. I think the other thing that that we're not talking about is what does that say about about the Palm Beach Shores Fire Department? You know, the morale, what, the the leadership. Well, you if know. you saw if you saw the basketball game, you know all about the morale. And I, I do worry. I got to be honest with you because I, I, sh- I honestly should have a stack of first report of injury forms. Those guys, I mean, it's full contact basketball. And I'm like, yeah. God, just you know, throw a few less elbows. But these, Bobby saw it. Tell him about it. Oh, it's, it's pretty brutal. It's, it's kind of half football, half basketball. It's like Australian rules basketball. Yeah, yeah. Right. good stuff. So, yeah. so one of the things Ben we always talk about is you know the big secret about teaching we've talked about on other shows is yeah. that really the last thing about teaching is you always learn something new. Yeah. You know? And, and so since we're down here in Florida and you're up in cold Maryland, Ben, um, one of the things that we learned was down here, there's these crazy animals here, you know, and, uh, um, Trevor COVID Kermit. Hello, uh, Kermit. I got him. crazy animals down here, you know, um, but anyways, um, you know, but no, really, the, the guys were awesome. Um, it does say something to uh, what's happening in Palm Beach Shores to have that many people come back. Uh, I heard them talking about their scheduling, and this was crazy to me. So um, they they were uh, talking about they only had a couple of slots left for the next two months to cover their fire department for twenty four seventy two. And literally, they had people that were getting left off the list. They had such a such a list, so they they keep a, a full engine crew. I take it, chief. And, except and, except for today, we were we were one short, but they happen sometimes. But well, thanks, thanks hey, for ruining my moment. Sorry, yeah, yeah. but um, but no, that's that's insane. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, you know, thirty years ago, I don't remember it being like that in, in my volunteer fire department. So there's definitely some some really good things um, happening down here. We trained on really simple things that, that, you know, when you go to different parts of the country, they're, they're doing different things. So, you know, uh, the Chiefs Fire Department, they run a triple fold. They run a 150 uh, cross lay. Um, and, you know, we worked the training in with that, talking about host stretch estimation and things like that. And it's because that's what works best in this community um, where they have, you know, smaller setbacks and things like that. And as we know, having too much hose can be a problem, too. Um, but. You know, when we went through the stretch estimation, it's really cool to see people pick it up immediately and and be able to say, hey, you know, because, you know, adding hose and detracting hose is is immensely more difficult when you fill that hose with water. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know that that I know most parts of the country, there's pure, perfect radio discipline. So that when we find out we've stretched short because we didn't do our stretch estimation, that all we have to do is pick up our radio because a pump operator or our chauffeur will always have a radio on him and be listening at the same time. And we'll be able to call once and not be stepped on by anybody else. They'll be able to stop the flow of the water. And then we're going to be able to find somebody to get the hose to bring it up to the front of the, the line to add to the line. Um, and then we're going to be able to, once again, with the perfect radio discipline as practiced throughout this great country, um, what we'll be able to do is we'll be able to call back to the pump operator and say, hey, we need water again, and he'll hear it and respond and react. Or, or <laughs> it won't quite go that way. And having your stress estimation early and grabbing your extra two lengths of hose or length of hose before it's charged cuts out a lot of those things. And and we talked about it at Palm Beach Shores, and I always talk about it. You know, um, you know, we start in a safe place. So us as the fire service starts from, we're sitting in our firehouses and it's comfortable and we're happy and we get dispatched for a call. You know, when you think about it from a victim's perspective, you know, the eight year old in flannel pajamas is sitting inside there has been a scary place for a while before we get that call. So now we drive down the road and we're still not in a scary place. And this eight year old flannel pajama now is fighting for their life. 
you know, and then we show up on scene and we don't want to be that department that goes, ah, all hoses stretch themselves. They've always stretched out. We've always made it inside the building. Eventually. Because even outside of the building, we're not in a very scary place. And, and we have to think about it from the victim's perspective. If we can just take that five or 10 seconds, think about the occupancy we're going to, because if you're going to garden apartments or something unusual, usually you know something about the setbacks. Um, and then you think about that. And then when you show up on scene, you figure out kind of what apartment it is. And if you could do your stretch estimation early, then you can kind of cut that down. It's just one of the, that's just one of the, that's probably the, the, the core of what we talked about in stretch. But I, I got to tell you something. We talked about how to do it. And I'm not going to talk about it tonight, but we talked about how to do it, um, how we do it. And um, they completed that with 100% accuracy. They literally nailed every hose stretch and had their working length at the door um, from every single thing from, from guys that had actually never done it before. Um, so that's, you know, it's very encouraging when we do training like that that people can pick some of these things up so quickly that can be so beneficial to the fire service. Well, and, and I think a big part of that too, Bobby, is it's it's the element that you create for letting these people fail. And I mean that in a positive way because we always try to train to success. Okay, we go in, we do a buddy breathing drill, we successfully do it, we come out, we save the baby, we save the mannequin, all this other kind of stuff. But you know, Bobby's always been a big proponent of training to failure. And that's not a negative thing, but, you know, look, look at, um, and just to kind of paraphrase you, Bobby, <laughs> is look at the, uh, the raid on uh, Osama bin Laden's compound. Mm-hmm. Did that go perfectly? No. Did things go? They wrecked know, the helicopter. Yeah, they wrecked the helicopter. I mean, things went from sugar to ship, but they, they stayed focused on the mission. And it was that ability to say things are probably not going to go 100% right. And it's not that things go wrong. It's how you react and how you recover. And that's what we were telling our people. It's like, don't be afraid to make mistakes, especially here in training. We're your safety net. We're your instructors. We're going to keep you from hurting yourself. But you know, the true test is out on the street. You know, And we're only as good as our last call. So when, when you go and do your training, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to fail in front of your peers. And don't sit there and be the guy poking someone else in the eye. Oh, you know, you, you suck. You there, there's one thing between a friendly rivalry and, and encouraging each other and kind of razzing each other. And there's another thing, just being an asshole. And, you know, if, if you're not here for the right reason, like, like Bobby's talking about, we have to look at things from a victim's perspective. Never, ever, 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 ever borrow time from the victim. It's not yours. It's not your time to borrow. So uh, like Bobby told my guys the other night, when you guys sit there and practice putting on your bunker gear and getting, getting it like from, a minute to 50 seconds to 45 seconds to you know 37 seconds that's a big deal it seems mundane it seems like okay you know that's that's basic that's yeah it is basic but guess what that three seconds that you cut off that time of getting your bunker gear on is that three extra seconds that you gave that well i, I call him a four-year-old that he keeps growing up but the kid I'm getting older they're getting older the kid the kid in the flannel or spider-man pajamas at the end of the hallway that is who you're looking at. And you know, we, you know, again, like Bobby says, we start from a very safe place. Yes, our, our training and education is what is what keeps us the safest we can be in a dangerous job. Our job is inherently dangerous, but don't do stupid stuff. That's number one. You do the job, learn the job, learn your trade. But at the same time, take those opportunities to perfect your skills and understand that all skill sets are perishable. So those little teeny things, and my guys are at an automatic disadvantage because their living quarters and their apparatus bay are not connected. I can tell you in no uncertain terms, it, it takes 127 steps and 42 seconds to get from the appara- uh, from the living quarters to the apparatus bay. And, and that's one of the things that I, you know, I, I shake my fist a, a lot at trying to get their, uh, the continuity of, of the, how they operate it's not their fault and it's it's something that i'm trying to re- uh really correct because of something from years ago that no one thought of that and it, it's not because i had this great epiphany or was this you know wonderful uh you know, foreseer of everything it's common sense the further away you are from the, the from your ride to work the longer it's going to take you to get there so that 42 seconds might not seem like a big deal to people until they call you and they need you and my firefighters are turning out as fast as they can, but when it's pouring down rain and we're in the rainy season 
And my folks are going from their living quarters to their apparatus bay and getting soaking ass wet and then having to get on a piece of apparatus and turn out. Think about that. So, you know, these are the things I'm, tr I'm trying to correct little by little by little. But at the same time, anything that we can do to become better and more efficient, we need to do. And we have a lot on our plate. You know, we, we're doing engine company operations. We're doing um, uh, we don't we don't have a truck, but we're doing engine company based truck operations. We're doing a lot of different things. So uh, you know, all these different things that we try to put together, um, we have to always put the people that we're serving as the focus of it, not. Oh, well, you know, uh, I'm not getting overtime today. This, all those are ancillary. Yes, those might be concerns. Those might be some issues that we can work out. But if you put the people you're serving first as you know, when, when you make a decision to say, how does this affect the people we're serving? And if the answer is, well, this doesn't benefit them, probably not the right answer, quite honestly. So, you know, again, again, to Bobby's point is become a better practitioner of your trade. Do it for you. And as when you become better, your crew becomes better. When your crew becomes better, your shift becomes better. When your shift becomes better, your department becomes better. And it, it's a trickle up effect, if anything else. And I truly believe in 360 degree leadership. And uh, oh, by the way, FDIC has been pushed back to August now. Um, and that's a class. August of, and Indy. Yeah, August and Indy. Um, but I, I'm, I'm teaching 360 degree leadership out there. I'm very uh, you know, honored to be able to do that. But I truly believe that is that you when when I look and I'll come into town on a Sunday to have breakfast with my family at a, at a restaurant and we come around a corner and wow, you know, here, here's my crew and they're training. That's not because of a, a memo, a general order, an edict or they're afraid they're going out because they want to do it. I mean, last night they, they were out there, um, you know, training till about 6 p.m. because they once they get started, they, they enjoy it. I mean, these guys are guys and gals are hungry for training. And as long as they're hungry for it, I think as an instructor, and I'll, I'll kind of divert to this and pitch it up, pitch it over. Um, you know, as an instructor, you love to see that when people take their own initiative and feel that they can go out and try these things. And, you know, certainly they have parameters. I don't want them um, going and doing rope rescue training and repelling without safety lines and this, there's certain things that you do on shift. There's certain things that you do in a more organized fashion or a larger organized fashion. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to make sure that you know, your folks are not only motivated to train, but they understand that it's okay. Give them guidelines, give them the tools, and you'll, you'll be amazed at the results that you're going to get from these people. Um, I had that, that one guy from um, up North who was one of my former volunteers. He came back again today to, or I'm sorry, yesterday, to show my guys some rope rescue stuff he had learned in his new career department, which is literally three and a half hours north of where I am. He came back just to do that. So he's coming back. I mean, he lives in the area, but still, nevertheless, he, he has no obligation to do that, but he's doing it. And it, it's a wonderful thing. So um, the, the other thing I'll kind of end on before I pitch it back over is one of my firefighters the other night, um, he just got hired in a department about an hour south of here. It's kind of a suburb of Miami. And, um, you know, the guy's kind of, he's excited and terrified at the same time. And the mere fact that this individual has the fortitude to say, hey, I'm a little bit nervous, not because he's starting out in the fire service, but the, the position he's been put in, he doesn't feel that he's really up to par. And I told him, I said, look, you know, one of the things you have to look at as an instructor is everything, everything that I teach somebody, I pass along all the good stuff I've ever learned to them, or I should. But at the same time, I also pass along my deficits. If there's something I don't know or I'm not good at. So over time, if you think about it, whether you're a company level officer or a training officer, no matter what. And here's how I created it. When I first came on the job. There were people who were way, way, way senior to me, obviously. I'm a pervy. I'm coming in. I'm green. And when I observe things happening at the fire station or on calls, I'm like, well, these guys have been here a lot longer than I have. They've got the they've got the time and grade. And when they would do something and nothing bad would happen, I would assume it's the right thing because I don't know. They have more information than I do. Just like in a, as an instructor, you have more information than your students. Might not be good information, but you have more than they do. And I kind of go by that theory that in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, you know? So with that being said, um, when I first learned about elevator rescue, we never secured the power. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. Because I watched the senior guy on my shift who would just go up and 
okay, sir, ma'am, we'll have you out in a minute. They spun the elevator key and there was a big humongous gap at the bottom and nobody ever fell through. So I'm like, oh, this must be the way to do it. I found the gaps in my training and it wasn't because the senior guy on my, on my, my shift or my volunteer department was bad or stupid. They, they taught me everything they knew and did the best they could, but they also passed along their deficits to me. So you have to be cognizant of that as an instructor, as an officer, and even as a senior person on your shift, again, back to the 360 leadership, you pass along influence, good and bad. So I, we encourage the firefighters to say, evaluate your own training and you're not trying to poke anyone in the eye, but evaluate your own training and see where those gaps are in your training. Fill those gaps because I equate it to having a puzzle. And you look at a piece of the puzzle that semi-fits. And this, this might be the, the trucky in me. I'm like, well, well that, that piece kind of looks like it fits. So you, you kind of put it in there and you're like, and then you start you know, trying to smack it in, in place and wedge it down. So, yeah, you might get that puzzle piece to fit, but they're no, number one, it's an ugly ass puzzle at that point. And number two, it just doesn't fit quite right. And there's a gap in there. So, you know, we have to fill those gaps in. So as you know, have that humility as a, as an officer, as an instructor, as an influencer in your department, you know, no matter where you are to say, I know what I know. I don't know what I don't know at this point. And, you know, be very honest with your people and just say, Hey, you know, I'm going to tell you what I know, but, seek other sources of credible information. You know, don't just go and you know, Bobby said it the other night, guys, I'm showing you stuff that, you know, your, your chief might've shown you, you might already be familiar with it. I might show you some things that are a little bit different. It's okay. It's good. And it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm wrong or he's wrong. It's here's a tool in your toolbox. So that's what we encourage everybody to do is to really have that mindset that don't be afraid to fail because you're not going to fail. You're either going to succeed or you're going to learn one or the other. And don't be afraid to fail in front of your, your counterparts. And you have to create that culture to say, look, we're in this together and keep that service model right in front of you. Yes. All the other stuff will take care of itself or we'll take care of it. But you know, if, if your first and foremost thought is, you know, how, how does this benefit? What did I do today to become better in the fire service and make myself better? You're, you're doing your job. What do you think? Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't agree more with that. And, and, and I think um, when you have those instructors that come in, and, and I think we've talked about, talked before about the the two state rule. You know, if you have someone that comes in at least two states away, they automatically know more, and you know, it, it's it's better than than what we have here. You know, so. Um, but, but I think having that other instructor that comes in and, and instructs and teaches and trains with you guys, it, it does a number of things. One, if it's if if what the the end goal and the end result, you know, we're, we're getting better, we're getting faster, we're being more proficient, we're being more competent, um, you know, and it all merges with what the training goals have been from the from whoever does mo- the majority of the teaching. So for our, for our volunteer training, I, I do most of our of our instructing next Wednesday, we have captain Haynes, our training officer for the, for the department coming in and doing writ training. You know, if, if, if we're on the same page that, Hey, this is, this is why it's important to be fast masking up, mask up with your gloves on, you know, all these kind of things, then it, then it, it instills in the membership, Hey, these are important things. And as a department, this is important for us. Um, and like you guys mentioned, you get, you know, Captain Haynes is going to teach it a little bit different than how I'm going to teach it. And and you get that additional tool in the toolbox. So I think it um, provides a little bit of variety because at the same time, they don't want to hear me, te- me talk every time we get together. Um, you know, having that little bit of variety, getting something a little bit different um, is very beneficial and, and I think helps break things up. But then again, they see that consistency across the department and across their training goals and the, the big picture goals, I think is huge. And it, and it instills, um, it instills value and it instills confidence in, in the person that's done a majority of your training. And Ben, I would agree with that. Um, and I'm going to kind of put Bobby on the spot a little bit here, but uh, Ben, for, you know, first and foremost, and some of the viewers might not uh, know this out there, but um, Ben and Rachel have a beautiful, beautiful baby girl. Uh, Thank you. Young Thank Harper. You. So you can't put a picture up on it. Yeah, you can't I put a picture of the baby up. 
Hang on a second. Trust me, I got plenty of pictures. <laughs> I was going to say we're putting you on the spot now. But. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for this. I got. I got tons of pictures of her. Oh, challenge accepted. Boom. Well, here, here's my question to you, and um, uh, where is she? Hang on a second. Stand by. All units oh, operating. I do wish she looked well, more. I, I wish she looked more like her mother, but she is a beautiful child. Oh my goodness! You, I wish you she guys, looked more. Like her mother you too. There yeah. she is. There we wow, go. That's beautiful, mom. All right. Well, let me yeah. let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Ben. Have and, and again, you know, congratulations to uh, you know you you and Rachel bringing a little 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 probie into our fire service family yeah. and your family. But um, have you ever seen an ugly baby? Uh, no, actually, I was just talking to Skip Carey the other night, and he said they're either cute babies or they look like Winston Churchill. Well, true, but I mean, but but <laughs> very very honestly, give me give me your visceral response. Have you ever no. seen an ugly baby? No, I have not. No. Okay. Bobby, you ever seen an ugly baby? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting. I, I, I will pull the honesty card out here. <laughs> Let Let's just say, look, I love I love all kids and everything else, but you know, there there are some babies out there that you look at and go, "Wow, that kid's got a face for radio," or that's that's a that's a face only a mother could love, right? Um, but have you ever told someone they have an ugly baby? Oh hell no. Exactly. So you might have looked and gone. Ah, you know, huh, wow, that 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 kid can make a train take a dirt road. You just never all that aside. I mean, you know, get, get past the superficial stuff. But that's the point. You know, like Bobby, we have enough of a relationship that Bobby could tell me from training the other night. Hey, bro, here's the good, the bad and the ugly about your department. That's my baby. That department is my baby. And we all feel that our babies are beautiful. And Ben, your baby is beautiful. There's, I'm, not, I'm not just telling you that you have a beautiful child. Thank but, you. The whole the whole point is oh actually actually Liz I I need I need a can you give me your baby your baby picture no I can't okay uh, we're talking about ugly babies my, my, my wife my wife my wife, my wife is beautiful but oh my goodness anyway the point being is that you know you might look at something and go you know but are you going to go to that person and go wow you got the ugly freaking no you're not going to do that of course not but we have to do that gut check. That fire department, that's my child. That's and I'm I'm not minimizing you know, don't, don't take that the wrong way. But you know, that I, I look at that like I would my own kid. You you know, you you love it, you try to nurture it, you're trying to do all these things, you care for it, and you know, you want it to grow, you want it to prosper, you want it to succeed. And you know, sometimes you got your, oh, it's my kid, it's my kid, he's so cute. And you you need that person who's gonna go, um, you got a nice kid, but dude, that that is an ugly baby. And no, it's not. So you have to have that realization that and have that honesty to maybe even look outside your organization when you bring an outside instructor in, be able to do that gut check and say, look, don't blow sunshine up my butt. And you know, tell me the good and the bad and the ugly about what you saw. And you know, and you know, Bobby the same way. He could say, Hey, look, you know, here's where your department did great, here's some things they need to work on, and here's where you suck. And that's not an indictment. It's just some honesty where that gives me a jumping off point to say, thank you. Because, you know, I, I can only see it through a certain lens. And he, you know, Bobby, Bobby coming in has the 30,000 foot view and can see it through a completely different lens. And that's OK. It's good. So I want to be told if I've got an ugly baby. So how's my kid look? Looks fine. The chief? I'm not yeah, so sure about she's it. a little sketchy. <laughs> she's a homely son of a bitch, but yeah, that no, but, but, but men, and women, men and women look great there, yes, sir. No, but I mean, yeah. you know, whether whether it's operations, whether it's administration, whether it's equipment, whether anything, those are the things that you look at and say, Hey, you know, and it I, I call it the, the ugly baby theory is like, hey, you know, everyone will see uh, an ugly baby, and but that you know, they're they're never gonna go up to you know a, a parent and go, Oh, wow you know they're, they're gonna go oh they're so cute and i mean they're uh, you know i don't get that but again yeah. man you have a beautiful daughter you and rachel so. thank you we, thank we you. would we would tell you if you had an ugly baby and you do oh, not I appreciate that yeah. I, I appreciate that you have so. be, yeah she's beautiful looks a little too much like her dad but you know hey yeah she'll grow, she will grow out of that yeah that's what we're waiting on we're waiting for her to grow out of that she's uh like 10 days old so we're hoping, <laughs> exactly. we're hoping it happens a little faster 
So, uh, so to talk about New Year's Eve and New Year's resolutions, and, and Trevor's covered a whole lot of stuff. Um, but you know, what is a New Year's resolution really? And a New Year's resolution is really a visualization, which a visualization is really important in success of people, right? And so, um, Happy New Year, Trev. Happy New Year. All right. Uh, so visualization is really important. So it's funny. You know, Trevor was talking about SEAL team, uh, the SEAL teams and things like that. And I, I include all special forces. We're in almost wheel team six now. You know? we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. We're your fire chief now. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, but, you know, one of the things that happened to me when I was very young in the Navy, and I didn't know the, the lesson I was getting when I was there because I was just too young to know any better. Um, but one of the things that I did was I used to refuel the SEAL team boats off of our ship. Um, the other thing was we, I was a, a part of a group of guys that we did a whole lot of working out together and stuff like that. So we were living in uh road of Spain. We were going to the gym and seal team guys were there um, and all that. But one thing was they didn't interact with us a whole lot. Um, that's because they were but, intimidated. They're always looking yeah, at like, Yeah, oh, that's shit. exactly what it was. Right. Uh, but, but you that's know what I noticed? McGee. Yeah. Yeah. So what I, what I noticed about them was, you know, I, I, now, many years later, think about the fire service. You think about an engine company or a truck company in small town USA. Um, you know, when you look at SEAL Team 6, the first thing I think everybody knows is undeniably they have some of the best training on planet Earth for what they do. Um, and they then they do their sets and reps and their sets and reps and their sets and reps. And they do it continually, not because they're going to a thousand Osama bin Laden raids, but because when they go to the one, they're going to be successful at it. And so that's the first take home lesson for all of us in the fire service. The second thing that they do is that they know that when they go on a mission, some of them may not come home. When you look at small town fire department, engine company and truck company, the same exact thing is true. Um, And when you look, when I watched their, their, them working together. So they had an officer on their crew and they had a senior NCO on their crew. And then they had, I can't even call them regular seals. That doesn't even sound right, you know, but they had the, 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 the rank and file was all together. And I remember on my ship, we didn't, we, we had to respect rank, but it wasn't the same. Uh, I could watch their interactions with each other and you could tell that everybody on there knew that they could lose each other on their next mission. And, you know, I really see a lot of similarities to the fire service. Uh, you are the SEAL team for the eight-year-old in flannel pajamas. And your preparation and your teamwork and your respect of rank and all of those things kind of comes together in that, in that visualization. And the biggest take-home is they train to go on a mission, not 10,000 missions. So they don't – SEAL teams – don't go out and say, well, we're going to go and go to Osama bin Laden's place and try something and see how that works. And, you know, we'll just we, we don't really have a we don't really have a policy for that. We're just going to show up and kind of we'll wing it and figure it out, you know. And then after we go to maybe a thousand of those, it's going to work. Um, that's not how they operate. And that's daggone sure not how we should operate. We should operate that one time in our fire service career that the eight-year-old in flannel pajamas needs us, we're going to be like the SEAL team in that community. We're going to be trained, thinking about it, practice with each other, have respect for each other, Mm -hmm. know that any one of us may not go home on this mission, and still have the focus, just like our SEAL teams and special forces in this country, to go do the mission knowing we may not come home because that eight-year-old in flannel pajamas is worth it. So I think that that's a good way to look at a New Year's resolution if you want to have one, these sets and reps before you go on these fires and rescues does count. It does count. And don't let anybody tell you that because you're not from a large urban department that runs a gazillion calls that you can't make a positive effect on your community. Because guess what? That large, that large urban department is not coming to your community. You have what you have, just like special forces do. So that's kind of, it's funny, Trevor, you brought up the, the special forces analogy because, you know, when you look at that and you kind of try to emulate other groups and things like that, there's lots of things going on in the military that fire service can learn from. We say we're paramilitary, but we give our people a lot of latitude, you know, 
So that's just something to think about. No, and, and we do. And, and a side note to that is that you know you're going to battle with the army you have, not the army you want. And so you have you have to bridge that gap. So if you say here's what here's what I expect, here's what I want, well that's great. It's to have missions and goals, but at the same time, you know, here I can't I can't let you go alone, Bobby. And at, but at, at the same time, I mean you you've got to be able to try to bridge those things and and make sure that you provide those tools to your people. And um, you know I'll I'll ask this, you know, Ben, what what's today's date? January seventh. Guess how many firefighter fatalities we've had in 2021? Seven. Seven. One a day so far. And, you know, some of those are due to a lot of of varying factors. But nevertheless, you know, just like Bobby's talking about, you really have to think about those things and say, you know, you know, yeah, they are. But hey, (laughs) my wife came to us. It's his Um, wife's idea, by the way. Yeah. I'm, but, I'm starting to get more and more thankful that I'm not there to, to watch Trevor get beat up after all this. Oh, I am. I'm going to get you know, <laughs> pulverized after this. But no, but the, the, the point being is just like Bobby's saying is, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself. Like I like I tell the, the folks in the department that I'm working in now is <laughs> you can't say, oh, well, we're a relatively small department. For a small department, we have high rises. We have, uh, you know, an intercoastal waterway. We have major marinas. We have a lot of stuff going on in our little first due area that they are responsible for and their first due. And what they do sets the entire tempo for everything. So, you know, they have to be really good at that first line in. They have to be really good at that first inpatient assessment. They have to be really good at, um, you know, interpreting the information from their pre-planning and walkthroughs because that's going to be critical for what we're doing. I just, just today, for example, um, we've had a complete turnaround in what we're doing as far as uh, points of dispensing for the COVID vaccine. And I've, I've got to give you know, full credit to the folks that I'm working with. What, you know, did they complain when I said, hey, you know, guess what? The mission's done a 180 here, and here's what's going to uh, be matriculating through the, the next probably three to five days. What was that word? Matriculating. Ben, what's that mean? I have no idea. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up for you later. Um, but the point, the point being is it's, it's going, it's going to go down. It's going to happen. Okay. okay. Oh, it's going to go down. Yeah. Couldn't you just say it's going to go down? I could have, but you know, gotcha. That, that was, you has to use big words. Oh, chief class one-on-one. Yeah. Gotcha. That's in the yeah, chief handbook. I took it right out there. Big words. So, Yes, that's on page 75 of chief handbook. But anyway, um, that you wrote, but anyway, the, um, the, the, point, <laughs> the, the point being is, that you know they they accept it and say okay what what can we do to be successful in this mission and you you've got to give your folks a lot of credit because when when you give them a challenge and give them the opportunity and latitude to say here's the mission here's the challenge here's the tools you have and here's the box that you have to operate in and you stay the hell out of their way in a lot of ways you'll be amazed at some of the things they come up with yes give them guidance give them what they need but at the same time, you know, don't be afraid to let someone else carry that ball because you know, some of the ideas that come out are absolutely phenomenal. So just like Bobby's saying, you know, we, we don't have some of these incidents happen every day. We have the low frequency, high impact events that do occur. Do we have to train for them? Certainly. Do we have to prepare for them? Certainly. Do we have to be able to at least get started on an operation? Yes, we do. But it's also about knowing your resources and your capabilities and limitations and being okay with that. And not having that that silo or, or blinder mentality where, oh, we got this. It's okay. We'll just wing it when we get there. That That's not right. That's not good. And it's, it doesn't serve the people that we're there for. So whether it's um, you know, fire-related, medical-related, rescue, technical rescue-related, these are the things that you know, we have to know what's in our wheelhouse and what's not and what we're going to look for. And so you know, the folks that I'm working with, again, Phenomenal bunch of people, very, very proud of them. Um, and just, you know, it's amazing what they can accomplish. And at the same time, giving them the space and the latitude to, you know, not only grow, but also, I, I, I don't want to use the term fail, but they're, they're not afraid to take a risk, a calculated risk and say, well, shit, that didn't work and try something else. They know it's going to be okay as, as long as we're not doing something stupid and risking their, their own lives or the you know, life of somebody that we're, we're trying to protect. But they're not afraid to take a calculated risk because they know they'll have the backing in that and they'll know they'll be able to 
um, you know, succeed. And that's why we, that's why we put so much emphasis on training because the, the more we sweat in training, the less we're going to be uh, bleed on the street. And if we make those mistakes in training, that's what actually puts the mindset uh, to these folks that okay, that didn't work in, in in the training scenario, in the controlled scenario. But you know, they start to refine those skills a little bit more. So, what what are your thoughts on that, Bob? Well, my first thought is I got a text from uh, retired uh, Lieutenant Dipsky from DC Fire that you're not going to believe this, Trevor, but Mr. Dipsky said I need to smile more. Um, no, great, great. He's smiling. I, he's smiling on the inside. I, I, that's, that's I, all I, I can't can ever remember a time I saw Mr. Dipsky smile. So I'm just trying to think what what does what does he think a smile is. <laughs> I've, I've seen Dip smile a lot of times, but you know. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I think I think that you know the last thing that I really wanted to cover uh, when you're talking about New Year's resolutions is is your personal responsibility. So um, I know we get beat up with uh, health and safety things and and nutrition and all those things in the fire service, you know. And um, you know what I think is that we need to be able to do the job. Um, I don't think that when we talk about health, we're not talking about the guy walking out of the gym. Um, you know, we're not, I mean, there are, there are guys that we have taught with that, you know, look beat up and they are beat up, but I can tell you if you're in trouble in a fire, that's the person you want to come. So, uh, I think that what, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make with this whole thing is, is that all the training that you can get, whatever, if Ben, if you're teaching your men and if, if, if uh, Captain Haynes is teaching your men and, and all, all the things that are happening, if that's the only training they get, that's not enough. And it's, it, it's their, it's our own responsibility to practice masking up. It's our own responsibility to practice doing things. And Trevor brought it up earlier, earlier. And I wanted to bring up a, one of my failures um, because uh, as you know, in the fire service is a whole big push now for, masking up with your gloves on as a matter of fact i think if you were to enter that into youtube or google you'd probably come up with ten thousand people showing examples of how you can mask up with your gloves on so i thought it was a valid thing to do and it sounded like it's quicker and i, I practice it and practice it and practice it at the firehouse and pull my hood back down and after you do it about 10 times the hood gets all tangled up and you got to kind of reset things but i practiced it and i thought i was ready and i went on that fire and, and I went on that fire where it made sense for me to go up the ladder, throw my mask on with my gloves on and, and go to work. And it happened to be a third story roof. And uh, we made it up and we had a big shift in the wind. And um, the, the fire started um, blowing out of the windows towards us where we lost all of our visibility, kind of got ate up with it. And it was that point with the hood over my straps that I realized I never had a seal at all. So for all those sets and reps I did, I was never checking the seal. Well, like you so, told my guys the other night, you know, your practice makes perfect. Only right. the practice itself is perfect. Yeah. So so when you're you, you know when you're practicing, make sure you go through all the things. Make sure you're right when you're practicing um, because you can practice it wrong a hundred times, and if you practice it wrong and get it perfect wrong a hundred times, then you can have a situation that happened to me. Um, you know, thank goodness. Um, well, Lieutenant, well, now it's a uh, battalion chief Peterson uh, happened to be. I lost all my visibility and was trying to get back to fix my problem. Because let me tell you, once you put that hood on, you're not adjusting your straps anymore, as everybody knows. Um, and he caught me from going off a third story uh, roof um, in the process of kind of getting that straightened away. So it's just one of the things that we just have to sit at the firehouse when you're not doing anything. Just go out there and I'm going to check my gear with um, my fire gloves on. And just get the feel for the SCBA, get the feel for the compartment doors, get the feel for everything just to kind of get used to it. Um, you know, I'm going to go out and just do some sets and rest, just throw my gear on. You know, I always talk about it. You know, people, um, they want to do all these CrossFit and functional exercises. Add in a charged hose line, hook to your hydrant in your parking lot with a two and a half inch hose. And you don't have to flow it. Just pull it 50 feet in one direction as part of your rotation. Go back and do your other parts of the workout and go back. But that's that's what I'm talking about is, is if you just do these little things, but the bottom line is that we have got to be able to be able to do our job um, when, when, when the time calls for it. Uh, doesn't mean we're not going to make a mistake. Doesn't mean we, we may not screw things up. But the more we work towards not screwing up, the less chance we have of screwing up. And I just think that's a personal responsibility on all of us to kind of make sure that 
and and this is the challenge for everybody in the new year figure figure something that you're not comfortable with to work on this with we tend to work on the stuff we're comfortable with and actually kind of show off work on the stuff we're not comfortable with um, because that's what's going to come into play in those most difficult times. Well, Bobby, and, if you don't mind, could you could you share with them um, what you shared with my folks the other night when you said you know, establish your go to your your eighty your eighty five percent go to, but about the other fifteen percent too? You mind talking about that for a second? No, no, not at all. So if you go across the country, there's 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 diff- many different ways to do things correctly. Uh, rit packs, um, uh, your personal gear, and, and I talk specifically about personal gear. So I always say have a way. Uh, you don't have to have a dozen ways, but have a way. So I carry with me a way to get out of a third story building without dying. To get, if there's no ladder underneath of it. OK, it's a system that I use and I work it out. It's got a fancy little hook looks like that. And it's got a uh, um, rope in my 35 feet of rope so I can use it or whatever. Um, but I've trained on it a lot and I, and I have that. Um, I have a way. So if I end up happening upon a 280 pound person that's in the dying process that's in their boxer shorts that is sweaty from the dying process that i can't get a grip on i have a way to use webbing to to pull them out um and i think that each thing you have to have a way a way to hold your line correctly a way to advance a a way to do your search and rescue Um, you have to have a way down to a science but i think sometimes our training can come up a little bit short and it's on our onus to do that. But, yeah, have a way to get out of a third story building with no ladder below, um, because if you're if it's hot enough, you're coming out. Um, have a way to pull a victim at least to the hallway and get some help or at least to the window until you can get some help. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's kind of the point I was making was you don't have to have 50 days, but you just need to have. Hello, puppy dog. Sorry. <laughs> um you don't have to have a, a hundred ways. You just need to have a way to kind of do that. That's, that's, I always push people for that because I'm telling you, we go to training sometimes. We'll see guys that they don't, they have webbing. They don't even know how to use it. They don't even know how long it is, you know, those types of things. So um, that, I think that's, is that what you're talking about? There? No, ab- absolutely. And that was one of the, uh, one of the many take home points. Bobby was able to, to Oh, security, security breach here to pickle Pelican. Um, Firehouse dog. Yes. So uh, one of the many things that Bobby was able to you know, give us as take home points was basically saying, hey, look, you know, find that way you're comfortable with, but be cognizant of the fact that that way is not going to work 100 percent of the time. Doesn't mean it's wrong or it's bad, but you know, we get so ingrained in that what we're comfortable with in our comfort zones. So and I, I watched Bobby doing training before, just like with his webbing and, um, you know, when, when he takes his webbing out of his pocket. He knows where it is each and every time, but I've, I've physically watched Bobby do this is he'll take his webbing and throw it across the room just so it's not in the same configuration. And so, and I, I tell people, I, I believe in repetitive training. I believe in muscle memory, but throw yourself that curveball because you know, 85% of the time things are going to go the way you want them to go. That other 15% of the time, not so much. So you'll be able to adjust, be able to adapt and, like Bobby told my folks with uh, pulling lines the other night, you know, if the shift before you didn't pack the line right and you pull it and it's not right, what are you going to do? You can't throw your hands up in the air, or sit there and cuss C shift because they didn't do things right. No offense, C shift. Um, but you, you can't. I'm A shift now. I'm good. I know. But you, you can't you can't sit there and do it. You have to adjust on the fire ground just just like the folks um, we talked like Bobby talked about with the field team when. The helicopter crashing was not part of the IAP. I guarantee that they didn't say the helicopter will crash at such and such hours. No, could happen. It did happen. So what's your contingency? What, what's your workaround? What's what's the way you're still going to accomplish the mission and, and, and work? Right? We can talk about it later. We can hot wash it later. Um, you know, I've told my folks that, you know, I've, I still have that passion that if something's not right at midnight, guess what? We might be out at three o'clock in the morning throwing ladders on the side of an abandoned building because we are not going to go home at the end of that shift saying we screwed this up. We could, we might have messed something up, but you're only as good as your last call. So, you know, are you going to practice until you get it right? Or are you going to practice until you can't get it wrong? And you have that mindset, have that passion, have that in your gut that no matter what function you're doing in the fire service, that you look at it and say, you know, was that my best effort? And if, if you can go home at the end of that shift and say, yes, it was, and there's no better way to do it, you had a great day. Um, if there's a way you can improve on it, 
take that opportunity because we're, we're there for 24 hours and you know, take every minute that you can to be better at your craft. Good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, so wait, if it's cool, with you guys will wrap it up. We're just a little over an hour. Um, so yeah. So wrapping it up. Um, Why you getting cold, Ben? Yeah, it is a little chilly. Hang on a second. There you go. Feel better now. Um, so like the guy said, yeah, can somebody turn the fan on, Trevor? You're starting to sweat a little. I think it's in the 60s here now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. You guys can be all right. Well, for a little bit. Okay. All right. Um, we're, we're actually getting ready to open up a, uh, a cold weather shelter. It's getting pretty bad. It's, yeah. You can drop below 70. Sounds terrible. I hate both of you. So. <laughs> um, so anyway, we're, we're coming to the end of the show. Uh, so thanks everybody for joining us tonight. Another great conversation. Uh, Trevor and Bobby live from the pickled Pelican in Southern Florida. Um, You you guys need help. (laughs) Um, But a lot of really great points tonight. So if you're an instructor, every so often have someone else come up and and do some instructing. You you as the instructor can learn something from that. Hey, I like the way that Bobby does, teaches whatever. I like the way that Trevor teaches whatever. And and that's something that can can improve your instruction. And you can can see, you can get get that outside evaluation of how your folks are doing. Jake, what's up? You should get the Jake from State what from uh, State Farm too. So, and then every time you go to the firehouse, every day that you work, um, you know, if you're just stopping by, if you're there for 24 hours, whatever you got to do, do something to make yourself better. All right, it makes you better, it makes your crew better, it makes your department better, and ultimately, it's better serving for your community. So, um, with that, we're back in two weeks, January 21st. Uh, we we haven't worked on who's coming to join us, but um, I can tell you, you're, you're going to want to join. We've, we're going to have a great time regardless. So we hope you come back and, uh, and see us. Um, you guys got anything to, before we wrap it up and head out? Yeah, just um, looking forward to having our guests back on. Uh, again, we appreciate everybody who wants to come on the show, but uh, you know, between work shifts and obligations, things get in the way. So we're really looking forward to having that conversation with Kurt Isaacson from, uh, from Escambia County our brother from up in, uh, north in the panhandle. And uh, also, I think we got uh, Steve Hoopman coming on sometime in the not-too-distant future. Okay. But a lot of people with that um, we want to have conversations with, uh, so we appreciate everybody's uh, flexibility. And, you know, I know we try to advertise and say who's coming up, but, again, you know, when, when the job kind of takes precedence, it takes precedence, but these folks are going to be on. And we're going to talk to some other great people that um, have influenced us over the years and uh, have them on the show pretty soon. So, Stay tuned for everything. Um, certainly wish everybody a, a happy and prosperous new year. And like Bobby was talking about, you know, make, make some goals for the new year. Maybe if it's not a resolution, say, you know, where are those gaps that I want to fill this year? But uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. And uh, we're looking forward to a great 2021. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. Train like your life depends on it because it does.